This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Hey there. Happy February. I can't believe we're already in the second month of 2023, but here we are. And I am excited to talk to you today about love and ADHD and how we can create a more loving situation, um, environment, energy within our families um, as we go through some difficult um, challenges with parenting with ADHD. Um, The last couple of years have been really rewarding for us as a family as we've applied some of these concepts or techniques or just ways of how we show up. I'd like to start by sharing a quote from Albert Einstein. He says, the leader is one who out of the clutter brings simplicity, out of discord, harmony, and out of difficulty, opportunity. And I just came across this quote this week and I absolutely love it. Um, I think that the way that when I first read it, it came across that each each of these three different areas, brings simplicity, brings harmony, and brings opportunity as three separate activities that are done by the leader. But as I've read it more, I actually believe that the first one is directly um, impacted or directly impacts the other two happening afterwards. That by bringing simplicity, that we then see harmony, and then we can see the opportunity that's available to us. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how we can apply this as a parent um, in general, but specifically with parenting ADHD, that by bringing simplicity, we will then ultimately have harmony and then we can progress into um, seeing opportunity. Another um, kind of business um, concept that is tied to this, um, I've heard several people speak about this. Um, I believe Dave Ramsey is one, and then also Dan Martell is a SaaS founder, um, consultant, uh, coach, Um, and they've both said similar things around the idea that you work to build up your yourself, then you work to build up those around you, such as your managers or um, your coworkers, your teams, and then ultimately you reach a point where you start to give back and you maybe outreach to um, maybe nonprofit organizations or to other um, charities or groups to be able to give back in that way. And I believe that we have similar um, type of journey as a parent um, with um, parenting ADHD kids. So let me talk a little bit about that journey and how that concept and this quote from Albert Einstein apply in creating a loving environment and ultimately then um, having um, 
well, let me restate, by creating simplistic routines, we then create a loving or harmonious environment that then allows us to see opportunity and where we can give back and um, kind of flows with that exact same concept. Um, just to give you a quick little rundown of how our family has been, if you haven't listened to some of our other episodes, um, we've have an 18-year-old, almost 18-year-old daughter who's graduating from high school this year, who has ADHD, depression, anxiety, and um, while not officially diagnosed, um, has a lot of characteristics of autism. And so we've had some challenges, um, specifically with emotional regulation, um, being able to feel um, and be successful in school. And then um, I think there was a pretty big learning curve for um, her dad and I as we worked through um, learning uh, what it's like to one, be a parent, but two, to work through some of these challenges that come with those diagnoses. Um, the biggest thing that we did is we created simplicity in the clutter or the chaos. And so let me share a few ways that we've done that. I'd also like to add that a lot of this comes from this 2020 hindsight um, of what ended up happening. There was a lot of things that we tried before we tried some of these things, but also um, I don't know that we were fully aware of exactly what we were doing at the time and what the results were going to be. And I think that that's why we've been so excited to share on this podcast about ways to win with ADHD um, and maybe kind of give you a little bit of like a cheat sheet on how to maybe navigate some of these things so that you don't necessarily have to step on all the landmines that we've stepped on to this point. So looking back with 2020 hindsight, the most simplistic thing that we could do is um, by deciding how we're going to show up. And when I say that, I mean, as parents, how are we going to handle the difficult situations that happen? So I'm going to use school as an example because school was by far one of our biggest challenges and things that caused us the most grief as a family. We had a lot of situations of missing assignments. Um, she talks a lot in class. She doesn't raise her hand. Um, she said she turned it in, but she didn't turn it in. Um, she said she had no assignments, but she really had assignments. And then finding out that we had 30 plus missing assignments. Um, those situations just created a lot of uh, frustration, um, a lot of anger on everybody's part, a lot of overwhelm and anxiety, um, created a lot of feelings of hopelessness. And um, overall, I don't think that any of us had uh, a really positive outlook on what the next step would look like, whether it be the next school year, finishing out the current school year, or even then what it would look like after high school. So once we reached that point um, where we, I think as a family kind of hit rock bottom, we started to um, ask ourselves some questions. What can we do to help make it to where Emily can be successful? 
In that process, that's where we created Disrupt ADHD to help gain access to information that she had and utilizing the reactive nature of those with ADHD to get the information we needed and store it so that we could know what assignments she needed to work on. That was the first thing we did. That was more of like a tactical like process move. In that process, though, we started to ask questions and have conversations differently. What does that mean? That means that instead of coming at it from a frustrated tone and a frustrated question set and irritated by the responses, we said, well, what could we do to help get you into a space that you would be more successful? Can we do things online rather than with paper? Can we see if we can get access to the class calendar or plan? Can we, what can we do um, that could potentially work? Um, some of those things worked, some of them didn't, but really what's stuck in that is as we kind of reestablished trust um, both ways, right? From Emily to us and us to her by um, having respectful conversations or, you know, if you think about the month of February being about showing love, um, we definitely added that into our conversations and trying really hard to have empathy um, that she didn't know how to solve it either and that she wanted to be successful too and that she didn't want to be in trouble, but that she really didn't know anything different. That Basically, she did not have any self-efficacy, which means the ability to acknowledge how she could impact her situation or having knowledge about how she could impact it. She didn't believe that she could, that this is just what it had been like, and she didn't know how to get out of it. And so once I was able to accept that and have awareness around that, that those feelings of, of how she felt about it, it made it a lot easier for me to show up in a little bit different of a way. Now, I'd like to state that I'm not perfect at this and that I still mess up. And there are some days when I'm stressed out because of work or um, that I've had a frustrating day or maybe she's being a little bit more difficult than she had been recently that I have to check myself. And so I think the first thing that we can do to create a simplistic, um, uh, create things in simplicity is to acknowledge how we show up. And I think that by doing that, we can then start to build trust um, or rebuild trust where it's been broken due to repeat experiences of things not going well. Along with that is creating or recreating what um, success or not recreating or creating and establishing that there are successes. What we were doing before just continued to reemphasize the failure and how things weren't working. But by focusing on the smallest, littlest pieces of wins, we were able to help Emily see where she has success. So it could be something as small as, hey, I asked you to come work on your homework and you moved quickly and got to the table, right? It could be something like, thank you for having a good attitude about doing your homework today. 
or thank you for trying and responding to one of our text messages today about your assignments. The smallest little piece of acknowledging that allowed us as a family and a child-parent relationship to acknowledge all of the positive things that were happening. And so I've phrased this before as stacking wins or acknowledging the small wins. And that's what I'm talking about is seeing those things. One thing to note or bring awareness to is that those with ADHD struggle to look back in time and remember things that have happened. So even though your child may have a track record of being successful in say math or English or something like that, at the moment, they have a hard time recalling that. And so one thing that you can do is acknowledge the wins, but also acknowledge past wins by bringing those to the present moment. It allows you to showcase what they've done in the past and establish that history of you have been successful in this. I've seen you do it. Let me remind you, remember how that felt, right? Or remember what that was like when we got that turned in and you got such a good grade on it and had put so much hard work into it. So acknowledging those things is a very simplistic in nature type of thing that we can do as a leader to reference the quote or as a parent. And I believe that as a parent, we are leaders. We're leaders of our kids and we're helping to um, help them be successful, just like how, um, you know, business coaches will guide and direct you to be successful and acknowledging where you've come from. So again, along that journey of creating simplistic simplistic processes, routines, um, by developing simplistic habits, you then are able to step out of that clutter and chaos. And once you have those simplistic routines in place, you can then start to have that harmony instead of that discord or friction that you might have felt or maybe you're currently feeling in your family. It's a really cool transition that once you start to realize that, oh my gosh, it's been a week and we didn't have an argument, that we actually got some things done and um, everybody is in a good place, right? That transition is kind of um, almost like has an eerie feeling at first because um, if you've been where we were, um, that is something that you kind of are almost like, well, when is the other shoe going to drop, right? Because our, our, our experiences tell us that it's not going to be very long before we head back into this. Um, have we had moments where we've, we've kind of had a step back? Absolutely. We've definitely had that, but I think that's normal, right? That, that happens in everyday life with people who are neurotypical as well, where we try to establish a habit where we do really good. And then we kind of have to reset ourselves. Right. So I think a couple of other things to take note of is having awareness, um, around what is happening, having awareness that it is normal for somebody to, um, do really well and then kind of fall off for a minute but it's just the fact that we get back on and keep going, right? So I think sometimes we maybe um, are a little black and white in our thinking or can be a little black and white in our thinking of, you know, you always start something and then you don't finish it or you do really good for a week and then you don't. Well, guess what? I pretty much have that happen to myself every single week as I work to be better at what I eat. 
So, um, you know, being able to have awareness around that, that's kind of something that happens in general. Does it maybe happen more with those who are neurodivergent? Probably, but having some, being able to relate to what that's like and having some empathy around it can make a huge difference in how, again, we show up as that first simplistic move that we can make as parents. Um, After you have that harmony, or you can feel that there is a safe place and that everybody is feeling good about what is happening and that we're making positive progress, that we're acknowledging those wins, that we're stacking them up, that we're sharing those wins with our, with our kids, um, consistently. Um, then this really cool thing happens after that. And that's where we arrive at the ability to see what the opportunities can be despite the difficulties that we've been through or that we have to continually work to overcome. This is my favorite part about what has happened over the last couple of years in our family is that if you would have asked me what the trajectory of Emily's life was um, at the end of her 10th grade year, I, I guarantee you my comments would be very negative in nature and would not have a positive outlook. And I would say we don't have a lot of positive opportunities that, um, the trajectory here does not look good. Um, if you ask me that today, I would say the opportunities are endless and that even though that there are difficult things that she still has to continue to overcome and that we as a family continue have to work to overcome that I see endless amounts of opportunity for her to be successful. And that for us to be successful in our relationship. So that's a really cool place to move to. Um, It's one that allows me to continue to show up because just like what I talked about with our kids of wanting to show them that they've been successful in the past and here's where they've won and here's how that looked like. And hey, remember what that felt like. Being in this space has been the one that has allowed me to continue moving on, that has completely removed that hopelessness that I felt a few years ago and replaced it with nothing but hope and opportunity of what she can do from here on out. This year in particular is one of maybe a little bit more emotion for me than others because she's getting ready to graduate high school and move on to this next stage, which um, in the past caused me a lot of worry. And do I still have worry? Absolutely. I'm a mom. It comes with the job um, and I will always have worry, but I have a lot of excitement around what does this next stage look like for Emily and how is she going to thrive in it? Right. And so I would say that um, back to the concept of simplicity, just reminding ourselves of what is our ultimate goal as a parent of our kids. I had a therapist tell me once that the picture that you have in your head is not how it's going to play out, that her life will look completely different than what you've pictured. And I would say that that probably happens with just about every kid. Um, But that was a really, um, when she told me that, that was really good for me to hear. And I've thought about it often of reminding myself that success for her in her life probably looks different, definitely looks different than what I had originally had in mind for her life. 
does that mean that it's not successful or does that mean that um, it doesn't mean that it works out well? Absolutely not. Because what I'm seeing is, is that the ideas that she has for what her life looks like are going to be what makes her happy. And ultimately that is what I want as the biggest goal is for her to be happy for her to feel successful, to be proud of herself and what she has done and contributed and that she learns to work through hard things. And I would actually apply that to all three of my girls. So, um, being on this journey has been a really cool one. One that, um, is really built on the simplistic concept of creating a loving environment that we continue to build trust with each other. And by creating that simplistic piece of what could we do that is a simple process that helps you be successful. Some of the simple processes that we've done are bedtime routines, nighttime routines, morning routines, a number of hours of sleep. That is by far our most important piece that we've done and is a direct contributor to how Emily shows up day in and day out. And when we get pulled away from that, we lose um, some of the positive gains that we've had. It may be just for a short amount of time, but I start to notice them really quick and say, hmm, this has been a hard week. We weren't able to be consistent in this. And now I'm seeing these things happen. And so because we've regained this trust um, in our relationship, I'm able to say those things. Um, Hey, I've noticed that we've been kind of slacking a little bit and here's what I'm now seeing. Do you agree? And most of the time she's like, yeah, I see that too. The other thing is, is that we've been able to use our Sunday scheduling evenings to be able to come back and say, Okay, I foresee that this week's going to be hard because maybe you have a late work shift, a later shift at work, or maybe something um, else is going to keep us um, away from our typical routine. What are some things that we can do to help make it to where it goes as best as we can make it, um, knowing that those things are happening? So by talking through those things with her, it kind of prepares her for what the week's going to look like. And then it eliminates some of that resistance or friction that you might have when you need to get something done um, a little bit differently than you've done in the past. So for example, if we have a late night activity, we will do showers earlier, or maybe we'll take showers two days in a row and wash hair two days in a row when she really hates to do that. Um, But by doing this, I'm able to walk through it logically when there isn't emotion tied to it. So another thing, since we've brought up emotion and we're talking about relationships um, in the month of February in particular, is that um, having awareness around emotional dysregulation with those with ADHD, but also um, having lacking the skill set to be able to either um, experience emotion, be able to communicate how you felt or tie words to emotion or identify the emotions that you're feeling. This is a a very real thing that um, I don't think is talked about as much as it should be in association with ADHD in that a lot of times um, they 
who have those who have ADHD will struggle to be able to connect words with how they feel or be able to identify that they're feeling an emotion and how they're showing up to be able to have awareness around it to be able to choose how to react. So some examples that I have of that is um, when Emily was in her um, seventh, eighth grade year, um, we were talking about her taking a life skills or directed studies class. And they said some of the, the lessons that we will have will be around identifying emotions and being able to describe them with words. And I'll be honest, at first I was like, wait, she's in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, that feels like an early elementary school conversation or topic. But what I quickly learned was that Emily struggled to be able to, uh, to identify the emotion, to be able to put words to the emotion, and then how to resolve those feelings um, or, or handle those feelings. So I have an example from today in particular um, where she was working on an English assignment and she's been struggling with English this year. And she believes that some of the things she's done in the past that proved successful aren't working. She has a lot of emotion around it and she gets upset easily when talking about it. And so one of the ways that we work through that is say, I see that you are feeling upset or overwhelmed. So by attaching the words to the emotion or the feelings or how she's showing up is a way to help her identify how she's feeling. We are able to identify it. I'm feeling overwhelmed. We have, so we have a word. We have an understanding of maybe that she didn't realize she was feeling overwhelmed. She just knew she was feeling something. Um, and then being able to talk through what can we do to help work through that. So as a parent, having awareness about this difficulty can help you in talking with your child or teen about how they're showing up at that moment. What I've learned is that Emily doesn't always recognize how she's showing up. And so what she ends up doing is having meltdowns is what we call it. Um, Sometimes it can be tied to emotional dysregulation of not knowing what to do or how to handle the situation. And when you get to that, what you see is um, behaviors that are them trying to figure out how to handle what's happening. So um, I, like I said, we call them meltdowns where she starts to just break down. And um, we, at that point, we need to take a break. So we try really hard to recognize those things before she gets to that point, but I'm not always able to catch them fast enough. And so there's a couple of different things that you can do in those situations. The one is, is, is if you were unable to catch it before the meltdown happened or the breakdown or whatever it is, uh, the type of behavior that you see. Um, the first thing is, is to say, I can see that you're having a hard time. So acknowledging the behavior and the emotion, and then allowing for some time to um, let that emotion kind of like fade a little bit or step away from the problem, um, maybe in this case, like an English assignment um, that is causing the stress, right? Because when we are in those moments and we're feeling that much emotion, whether or not we are able to identify it or speak to it or call it a name, um, we're not able to think through those things. And so you've heard of flight or fight. Along with that comes 
flight, fight, freeze. And I'd like to add on fib, right? So when you're in this situation, you're going to respond with one of those types of responses. You either freeze and you pull in and you don't respond. You either fight and you get mean or angry or, or shout out words. Um, maybe you run away if you want to flight. Um, maybe you avoid the situation. And then the last one, fib, is when you say whatever it is to get yourself out of that uncomfortable conversation. And you can imagine that if you have a hard time associating um, words with emotions or being able to describe them or identify them, that having a conversation about how you feel might be really, really hard and stressful in and of itself, even though you're trying to solve you know, that situation that's there. So again, coming from this um, place of awareness as to what is happening around you and just constantly learning is a great way to um, be able to develop and build upon these relationships and create um, trust. And then by doing it with kind of these simplistic things, I think sometimes we think about how difficult it can be and how we have you know, maybe school problems and behavior problems or difficulties, um, how it seems like all these things are, are that there's more problems than there are solutions maybe, um, or what feel like there are more problems than solutions that by bringing it to the super simplistic piece of, I need to build a positive and strong relationship that that in and of itself will allow you to free your mind of, um, the overwhelm that you're feeling of there's so much to do and maybe I feel hopeless or maybe I don't know what to do next. Um, I've been there many, many times. There's been quite a few times where I've been in my car um, upset and feeling like I don't even know what to do next. And so after I have those moments of my own little pity party, I'm able to come back around and say, what if we try this? And every single time, the thing that worked was one of the most simplistic things of building the relationship and creating simple processes or routines that allow for success because I have found by looking back where the success was. So to wrap it up, I'm going to state the quote again from Albert Einstein because I just loved it so much. I'm going to replace a word. The parent is the one who, out of the clutter or chaos, brings simplicity, out of discord, brings harmony, and out of difficulty, finds opportunity. And um, I hope that you love that quote as much as I do. If you are in a space where you are, where I have been, where there's complete hopelessness, um, I hope that you know that it doesn't have to always be that way, that you can make a couple of small changes and see some really big, um, impactful changes come from that in a really short amount of time. Um, don't be afraid to just choose one thing at a time. Um, this can be an overwhelming task of being a parent in general, and especially when you are working with a child that has difficulties to overcome. Um, I'd love to hear your stories um, of 
hopefully success, right? I created this podcast of winning with ADHD to focus on the positive that happens um, or can happen or be found. Um, But at the same time, I think it's important to note that there are difficult challenges and things that we have to work through. And that by acknowledging the successes, we're able to create more opportunity and harmony. I hope you have a great month and I will talk to you guys soon. Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.